Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's our heart. That is our heart this morning. That is our heart this morning. Father, bring new wine out of us. There's something about the process of that wine, how it comes to be that new wine. There's a crushing that goes on. There's a breaking that goes on. And that crushing and breaking it is not sickness and disease and poverty and, and circumstances. But in this world, we have those things that come against us. But in that, not because you put it on us or bring it, you can get glory from you delivering us out of it. Because you've already delivered us. We're already free. We're already whole. We're already healthy and have a sound mind. So, Father, some of us may be in a time of, of crushing your circumstances going on in our life, in our body, with our family. That you didn't cause. But we yield to you to give you the glory out of it. Because you're with us in the fire. You're with us in the crushing. So we yield to you to bring new wine to be a blessing to others. To give a testimony of how you brought us through the test. We love you, Father. We yield. There's something about yielding. There's something about just giving in to him through it all. And saying, Father, I may not understand it all, but I yield to you. I love you. I love you, and I yield to you. I rest in you. I choose to do that. Glory to God. We love you, Father. We praise you. We yield to you. We rest in you. Glory to God. We refuse any longer to try to work it out in our minds. It's impossible. But we choose to cast all cares and all worries and all frets and all concerns on you. And Holy Spirit, you direct us, you lead us and guide us. <laughs> right through it. Right through it. We're not waiting on you to show up. You're here. You're here. So we tune in to you. We tap into you. We yield to you. We love you. Amen. Amen. It's something about just giving in, y'all. It's awesome. It's a peace. It's a rest. Things may not change, but something takes place in here. Hallelujah. They say, you know what? I believe I am fine, and you are. In Jesus, you are. He's a big God. Amen. He's a big daddy. He's the, he's, the, he's the number one, numero uno. We can depend on him. We can trust him because he's so good and he's so awesome. And we love him. So we just give him praise for that. You all glad to be here today? You all glad to be here today that's watching online? I believe you are. Amen. My buddy, come on up here, Miss Jennifer. Such a blessing. I'm looking forward to what you're getting ready to share. Hey, man, I just, 
I sense the Holy Spirit um, saying clarity, some clearness. Um, so I don't know if that resonates with any of you this morning, but just a revelation, you know, being in God's presence, that he's providing that clarity and that revelation. So that was so good this morning. I can't help but think of that last song um, about, you know, making me a vessel. Um, there's a storybook that I read to Marley that talks about this little clay cup, and he wants to be a flower pot instead. <laughs> and um, so he asks his creator to make him a flower pot, and so the creator goes ahead and he's like, okay. So he has to go through this crushing and this process of being remolded into this flower pot that he wants to be. And, uh, and then he realizes after that, when he's this flower pot, that he's not happy and he's not satisfied because that's not who the creator created him to be. And so what the flower cup or what the cup really wanted was what the flower pot had was being fulfilled and being satisfied and free in who he was. And so I just wanted to encourage you this morning not to look to somebody else and who they were created to be but who God has created you to be and yield to that, yield to what he has for you because what you're wanting is not what the other person is, their vessel. You're wanting to be filled and used and satisfied in who he created you to me. And he has the very best for you. <laughs> and it's so, so good. So I want to read you a scripture. Yes, man, that's so exciting. <laughs> oh, gosh, he's so good. I just love it. Oh. Um, so I want to read Matthew 7, 11 to you today, and it says, and this is from the Passion Translation, it says, if you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is um, your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask him? So I'm going to read it again because it's just good. Um, if you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your Heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask Him? So God is good. He's good all the time. And so I just wanted to share with you a story of what this verse um, reminds me of. And this is an example that happened a couple weeks ago. Um, so my daughter Marley, we were on our way to church. Um, Marley's five, and um, so we're in the car, and just out of nowhere, she says, Mom, I want a water balloon. I'm like, okay, well, we're on our way to church. I'm like, I don't know where this came from, but it's cold outside, you know, water balloons are for the summer, you know, I don't have a water balloon, we're not getting a water balloon, you know, we're going to church, and so it was just kind of odd. I was like, where did this come from? And I was distracted, I was on my phone, whatever, and I was like, okay. So, um, you know, we get to church, and um, after church, after service, I'm running around doing things, looking for people or whatever, and uh, Chase comes up to me, Rihanna's son, <laughs> and he's, he's got something, like, right in my face. He's like, look, Miss Jen, look, which it's unusual that he comes up to me anyways because he doesn't normally approach me, so that, I'm like, hi, Chase, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, what is that, you know, and he's, and I'm like, that's cool, you know, and so then he's persistent. He's like, no, look, look at it, and I'm like, okay, okay, and so he's like, yeah, it's a water balloon. He's like, it would be perfect for Marley. And I was like, what? I was like, are you, wait, are you serious right now? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, because it's small and it won't break. It would just be perfect for Marley. And I said, are, so are you wanting to give this water balloon to Marley? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, 
go for it. I was like, she asked for a water balloon this morning. And I was like, this is so crazy. I was like, I was blown away by something so small, but so sweet. Like that's, that's God. I choose to believe that that is a father's love. That wasn't coincidence. I choose to believe that that is God showing you how much he loves you in the little things, in the little desires. It wasn't even a need. I mean, that blessed me so much. I'm like, cry, but I mean, I hope this blesses you too. I mean, this, it was my daughter, but I mean, God is no respecter of persons. What he did for Marley, he will do for you. And, and the fact that Chase came up to me, he didn't just give the balloon to Marley. It was like, God's like, hey, I want you to know too that this is how I love. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is how I love. And I'm like, oh, man, that's just, it's, ah! <laughs> but I just want to encourage you guys today. If you have any need, you know, God's got it. He's for you. He's for you. He's your provider. He, and he's just so amazing. So anyways, that's what I want to share with you this morning. And so um, let's just continue worshiping with our giving. We have some several different ways to give. There'll be a slide up there if it wasn't already, but you can give um, online. You can give um, with one of the drop boxes in the back that are on the wall. Um, anyways, let's just pray this morning and let's just remember how good God is. Father God, man, we just, we love you. We, we think you are our first love. You are our first love. And we thank you for the little reminders like this that show us and encourage us that you are for us and you love us and you want the very best for us and that, you, that we are your children and that you give us the very best. And Father God, I, I just thank you for your provision and I speak provision over our congregation this morning. I speak life and um, as Marley said, it's not a trickle, not a stream, but a flood of your goodness, Father, a flood. We just release that flood right now, and we just, we accept it, and we receive it, all that you have for us, Father. And um, we give not out of obligation, we give out of an overflow, an overflow from, of our, from our hearts, from the joy and the freedom that we have, just knowing you, because you are our source, you are our reward. If nothing else in this life, it's, it's just, it's about you. And we just, we just love you. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jen. Are you going to come up and do some? Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks, Jen. I, I wasn't sure if T was going to do some announcements or not, but that was awesome. Um, because what a great reminder. We, we, it's, am I not very loud? Can you hear me okay? Check one, two. Hello, hello. You can make me louder there, Dave, if, you, if I'm... I'm too soft there. There you go. I think so. But but you know what? God God cares about the little stuff, and it's not just the little stuff because there was this there was this teaching in poverty um, Christianity, if you can put it that way, that God will only He's only ever interested in meeting your needs. You've probably heard that many times. God's only really interested in meeting your needs. That's absolutely not who God is. All you have to do is observe creation to see that God is El Shaddai. He is the God that's over the top. He is more than enough. He is not just interested in meeting your needs. I mean, if we want to be logical for a moment, go with me on this little logical journey quickly. Do you really need what? What is it that you really need? You could say, well, I really need a house. Well, do you? Wouldn't a tent do? 
Well, you need shoes. Well, do you? Can't you go barefoot? Maybe just a pair of flip-flops? Do you need food? Well, maybe just bread and water. I mean, how far do you go with just needs, right? But God is so, care- he's so careful with, with demonstrations of, of his provision that he, if we will dare to lay hold of him and understand that he is so much more, he is so much more, and he desires to do and to bless you exceeding, empowered to prosper. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole prosperity message here, but I can tell you what, God wants you blessed. Poverty never blessed anybody. Never blessed anybody. Poverty only cares about itself, and poverty doesn't look at them. And when it says Abraham was blessed, he was empowered. He was give God. He said Jesus. When well, I mean, the, sorry, Jesus. When the Father spoke to Abraham and said, "Listen, I'm going to give you, so you're going to be a blessing." We're blessed to be a blessing, as Pastor Greg used to say. Blessed to be a blessing. And I know that we just gone through this time of Thanksgiving. I, I'm sure we're all in the semi food comas still, probably from all this. Um, but, but man, um, I can tell you that there's, there's areas in my life that I have still have got yet to plumb the depths of that same simple truth that James just shared. God wants us to be blessed. I, when I was a missionary in Africa, you know, I, 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 we, would, we were praying about some of these things. And I said, I was, actually, it was before I met Karen. And um, I was like, well, God, do you want me? I'm just a missionary. I'm getting by on a little. And I was getting by on a little. And I was like, I, I just want to, I want to be, I, I want to trust you for something over the top. And, and so I did. I said, well, you know what? A fr- me and a friend of, uh, two, two friends of mine, uh, we said, you know what? We're going to trust God for something crazy. Like we want to go skiing in Colorado. Now, for a missionary in Africa, do you know how astronomical that is? To say, we're going to go skiing in Colorado. Do you know that within a year, all three of us were skiing in Copper Mountain and Breckenridge in Colorado? And you're going to say, oh, well, Shannon, God, I'm telling you, if you limit God, if you're believing, you are the one that's limiting God. We dare believe him for things that he wants to bless us with. And like I said, I'm, I didn't intend to say that, but Jen just inspired me. He was like, you know what? We can, we, can, God, we can remember God wants to give you a water balloon if you want a water balloon. <laughs> if that's what you want, amen. Amen. Well, if you're online with us this morning, um, good to have you. I trust that you're um, are having a great morning wrapped up wherever you are. We've got friends around the country in all different parts. Corin's uh, teaching, teaching kids church today, but um, uh, it's, it's good to have you with us. Um, we, I have a, 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 a message on my heart um, that I think is a fairly simple message. And I'm like, I've been saying, Lord, I, I, really, I really don't want this message to come across as complex, but I felt it was a real, a real urgency, a real important reminder um, that, that, that struck my heart. Um, and, and, I, and I pray that if you will join with your hearts, just, just open your hearts to the Lord. Just, just close your eyes for a second and say, Father, I, I thank you that I, I don't have to hear what Shannon has to say or the preacher has to say, but I want to hear what, you're, what you have to say to me. And so I just open my heart to what you're dealing with in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. So, um, so this, I'll, I'll start with a, a, a little story. Um, some of you know a little bit of my background, but I served in the military for a little while in South Africa, uh, a, a number of years, and um, I was trained as a medical orderly. And and, it, it, and some of you know my backstory. It was, you know, I had this, re- I had sort of had this religious upbringing. Uh, I, I experienced in the later part of high school. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and man, that radically transformed my life. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, man, knowing the Holy Spirit just opens the Word of God to you. Things change. I. I didn't understand it. I wasn't well taught at the, at the little church that I was at about the Holy Spirit. So it took me a couple years to act until I actually laid hold of some teaching. But until I, that was actually after the army that I started getting hold of some, um, some teaching. But what happened to me during the army is some of you know that it was when I was deployed as a medical orderly, as we used to call them ops medics, um, an operational medical order, I was deployed on, in in. A, a sector that was at war and stuff like that and so I had a, a lot of life experiences that I can only attribute and say thank you Lord for them because I really am grateful for for those experiences but one of the spiritual experiences was that I had this I had this come to Jesus kind of experience and I'll tell you why because I came to the end of me I came to the end of Shannon now listen to me I want I wanted to set the tone just just roll with me here I came to the end of, of my religious understanding. Okay. I was born again. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I was so loaded in legalism and in works. I was so, I was so uh, overwhelmed with legalism. I was so overwhelmed with this understanding of what I needed to do to serve God or to please God or to keep God happy with me or to be blessed or whatever it was, but I ser- until I was exhausted. I, I mean, I, so I, I met the, a friend of mine. He's still a good friend of mine today. He, he lives in Australia, but, but he, him and I, he just, he was a worshiper and man, thank God for worshipers. And, and I, I just learned something about being, being a worshiper. And, and in any case, it was in, in this time that I reached the end of me where I kind of threw up and I said, God, if this is what it takes to be a Christian, I, 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 I've done it all. I, I've, I felt like it was this long list of to-dos. You better do this. You better read your Bible. You must read so many chapters a day. You must pray so long. You better spend so much time praying. If you don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do the next thing, then you can't be blessed. You can't do that. God can't work in your life. Can't, can't do this. You, you, the list goes on and on and on. And I, I was voraciously searching for God. So I, I, I reached and I was doing all of these things. And I was like, I felt like I was on that proverbial hamster wheel or I, I was getting nowhere and eventually I sort of threw up my hands and gave up and that was probably one of the best things that I ever did law that is actually the point of law now I'm not going to teach on the point of law but the, the reason for it, the law the law has still got a very important place to play in the New Testament church and that is to bring us into grace and I'm not going to begin, this is not going to be my message today, but when you, law, like Paul says in Romans 7, will kill you. And it dang near killed me. I've got loads of examples of people that have ended up in legalism and religion, even good churches, 
where you end up in legalism and you approach God legalistically, it will squeeze you out, turn you upside down, wring you out, and dry you out. It will kill you, okay? So I reached this place anyhow. I'm just saying that because there is something I've noticed that has to happen in us as believers where we have got to come to the end of us. It's when we, had, when we come to the end of us that we abandon our ability and we're prepared to lay hold of the grace of God. It's when we say, God, okay, I've tried it my way. I've done everything that I thought I was supposed to do. Why don't you tell me what I need to do? Sounds like a good plan. So I reached this place and um, I, I, I picked up, as some of you know, a little booklet by John Osteen called The Believer's Number One Need. I actually still have it in my office. It was this tiny little booklet and it taught about righteousness by faith. And it blew me away because I had never understood what that meant. That righteousness is going to come by faith. And, 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 and so long story short, I, even though I, listen, I was born again, I know that if I had passed away or died, I would have gone to heaven. I, I, I didn't feel like that at, at times, but, but I, I know that that, that that transformed my life. Because in Romans 1, 16 and 17, you've heard me say that a hundred times, Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, because it is the power of God for salvation. You heard, you've heard me teach on it a hundred times. It's the power of God to experience wholeness and health and healing and prosperity and all of those things are cap captured in there. It, and then it goes on in verse 17 to say why? For in the gospel, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last is revealed. Just as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Yeah, you see, I did not capture that. And sometimes when you're filled with pride, like I was, when I, filled with, when I was so filled with a head full of knowledge about how I can need to do this and how I can get this from God and all my formulas and all the books that I had read and etc. etc., I just had it in my head and, it, and I never was able to lay hold of righteousness by faith that I didn't. And, and so Romans sort of erupted in the book of Romans started, I started seeing glimpses of this, this liberty. I would read, you know, later on I would read the book of Galatians where it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I, did not, I couldn't even see that before. So there was, long story short, I, I, had got, I went to Bible school after the army. I, I mean, I traveled Israel for a while, went to, went to Bible school. After Bible school, I was in a mission school. And it was, it was during this time in mission school, I picked up some other material. I was like, and, and it, 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 I still was having this experience of, of uh, all I can say, it, it was like liberty that would grab hold of my heart and pull, it was like liquid joy and power and energy would pour into my heart. And then I was like, I would lose it. And I was like, I would have glimpses of freedom. I'd read the Bible and I'd, I'd, see, I'd see something and I would like, man, that is so good. And, and I, I would not be able to understand how it would come and go. Because something inside me told me, like I'm sure it tells every one of you, I, I can live in this. There is something... There is something that is a promise that I can live in an abundant life. 
where I can live in power. I can, I can have this, these emotional experiences, and I do use the word emotional carefully, but yes, absolutely emotional experience, but I can experience freedom and liberty and all of these things, that they can be a real thing to me because I was tasting it and then I was losing it and I was tasting it and I was losing it. So, Fast forward another couple of years. Now we're stretching this time out. This is almost now since I've been born again, maybe 10 years later. So I pick up that book that you've heard me that, um, uh, promote many times called The Gospel of Peace, Dr. James B. Richards or Jim Richards. I pick up that book and now, now I'm talking early 90s, right? So around about yeah, early to mid, yeah, mid 90s, call it. And, and I pick up that book and it's so touches because it's it's talking about this thing this thing romans 1 6 and 16 and 17 it's talking about righteousness by faith it's going it's challenging me it's sending me back to the word of god i tell you what i i read it and i read it and i read it and in fact the first few pages of it were brown now is jim jim richards he's just a normal guy he's, a, he's if any of you know jim he's a very real guy <laughs> he's real down to earth but but he came to South Africa because the evangelist I used to work for got to meet Jim and Jim came over to, to, uh, uh, to, to South Africa once and we were sitting in this farmhouse uh, where, where we were living, where the mission, uh, the, the, the base was and I sat at lunch with Jim Richards and I said, I said, you know, I am, I am so blown away because I, I, what you're writing about in this book, I, I recognize it. The Lord started dealing with me when I was deployed. I was tasting the freedom. It was setting me free. But over the years, I feel like I've not been able to hold on to it. It's like the, it's like the, the revelation of what I was tasting and experiencing from God was coming and going. Now, I don't know if any of you can identify with any of this or not. But this is my story. <laughs> but, but Jim... I said, I don't know why, what, it, what is happening? And Jim asked me a question and he said this. He said, he said, well, what are you listening to? He asked me a question. He didn't give me any, anything else. He just asked me a question. What are you listening to? And I remember that question because for the next year, I became aware of everything that I was listening to. I was... Now I had gone through Bible school. Remember, I was, I was a missionary traveling the mission field. I was seeing signs and wonders operating, etc., etc. I was like, I, I was experiencing some of those things. I'm like, okay, what is it? Why is it? But I, ca I became attentive to what I was hearing, both here and here. Just that question stuck in me. What am I hearing? And this is what is interesting. Now, when I was back in South Africa, I started going to the same church that I had been a Bible, a Bible, at Bible school with, and it was the biggest, it was the big church in South Africa. It was huge. It had thousands and thousands of people. It had great powers, demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. It was just, it was great. Uh, I, you know, so uh, we enjoyed it. But this is what I noticed. I noticed there was an incongruence in the message I was hearing. This is why. The preacher or the minister would get up 
and he would teach from the word of God and, the, and most of the time it was excellent. The message was excellent. Message was perfect, if you would. But then when we were in the offering before the message or whether it was being said by somebody else or sometimes by the preacher himself, we would hear things like this at offering time. Uh, and this is what I started picking up on. I, I would hear this at the offering time. Um, well, you know what? If you want God to bless you, you just need to give well, and then God will, be, well, God will bless you. Any of you heard anything like that? If you really want to be, we're going to have a baptism service, da, 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 da. Now, if you want to get rid of your bad habits, this is what you need to do. You need to be baptized and then you'll get all rid of your bad habits. And suddenly I was like, hold on a second. I'm hearing an incongruent message. The message, the preacher, the word taught, the sermon was saying something. But how I was hearing and what I was picking up, whether it was perceived, let me just add this piece, whether it was my perception or whether it was actually being said, it was not consistent with righteousness that comes by faith. It was an incongruent message. And this is what it does to your belief system. You see, you've heard me say over the last few weeks, everything we, the most important thing, right, is what we believe. It really is. What you and I believe determines everything. Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart above all else, right? Because from it flow the very issues of life, the very boundaries of life. What you believe is essential. And it says, okay, lest we, lest we try and make it small in any way, guard your heart above all else and as if you heard me teach many many times it's with our hearts it says in Romans 10 10 that we believe we don't believe with our head so it's not about information although information is a big part of it knowledge is a big part of the way to and we, we've spoken about these at length it's not about what you've earned it's not about all of this it's what you believe now you see if you don't know how to guard your heart which is essentially what was happening to me. I did not know how to guard my heart. I did not know what to persuade my heart with. And now a couple of weeks ago, I did, I, we spoke about creating your new normal and how you can persuade your heart with, with, with good truth. But how to guard your heart and to keep it persuaded of these things was, it, it, I did not know how to do it. So, so let me, let me, so my title for today is congruence. So what is congruence? It's the quality or state of agreeing, coinciding, or being congruent. The quality of being, being in agreement with something. So uh, I found this definition of behavioral congruence. A consistent state of behavior, meaning there is consistency between the goals, values, and attitudes projected and the actual behavior observed. Congruence. Now, if we don't know how to hear a congruent message, we don't know how to guard our hearts. 
We need to lay hold of it. Now remember, you've heard me say Romans 1, 16 and 17 hundreds of times in this church. The very power of God unto salvation is in the gospel. I've heard the word gospel defined I don't know how many times by different people. But right here, it defines the gospel. Because it says this is the, this is the gospel. A righteousness that is by faith. This is the good news. Righteousness is going to come to us, not by works, but by faith. The whole Old Testament, all of those things were going to be, we see it prophesied, and the book of Romans teaches, the book of Galatians teaches it, but Romans 2, 3, 4 particularly, and, and 5, they go into that we're going to receive righteousness by faith, not by works. The whole of chapter 4 says this is what it, righteousness is going to be, by faith we are going to receive a right standing from God that is by faith okay that is the power of of God for the self for salvation but you see if we don't if we are listening to incongruent messages okay so Shannon why are you saying this glad you asked because here it is we there there are there are a couple of filters we'll talk about how you can filter out what you should and shouldn't be listening to. But number one, I want you to ask yourself the same question that was asked of me. What are you listening to? And like Jesus said to one of his people who asked him, and how do you read it? What does the scripture say? And how do you read it? What are you hearing? What are you listening to? Because I meet Christians all the time that have got lives that don't know and don't experience victory, and they really are conf they're living a, a, a confused life. They have a confused belief system. Okay, go with me if you will, and, 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 and Rochelle, you'll have to jump around with me, but let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. I don't think it was in my notes, but in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 3, it talks about um, a rest for the people of God, and he says that, that we can enter a rest with God. This is the New Testament, right? Say New Testament. New Testament. He's talking to them. He says, he says but you can enter or you don't have to enter a rest. Your, your and my choice is, is um, okay, that's at verse 1. We'll probably go down to, um, let's go down to verse, uh, let's see, verse 7. Therefore, the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. And I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Verse 12, take care, brothers. See, now he does, I want, to, I want you to see this. He addresses the hearers as brothers. He's not saying you're an unbeliever. He calls them brothers. Then he says, lest there be in an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Then he goes, he talks about the deceitfulness of sin, etc., etc. And he says, um, then verse 18, look at this. And to whom did he swear that, and he, okay, sorry, I don't, I, I need to give a little context, but this was referring to the spies. There were people that didn't enter the, remember, they didn't enter the, uh, the promised land when they should have because they did not believe God's word. The whole example of when 
jo- we had Joshua and Caleb were the only two of the spies that said, we can do it, guys. We can enter into the promised land. And the other 10 spies said, we can't. There's giants in the land. They're bigger than us. We can't do it. And Joshua and Caleb pleaded with everybody and said, we can do it because we can take hold of them. God has told us. And they said, no, we can't. Right? So it's referencing this situation. You see, we have a promised land that we can enter. And this promised land as believers is one. As believers, brothers and sisters, we can choose to enter or not enter. And then so, so it carries on. That this is the reference point. Because now remember what happened. God said that that entire generation died in the wilderness. They spent 40 years in the wilderness. I want you to note, it was not God's will for them to spend 40 years in the wilderness. God wanted them to go in when they got there. They chose not to heed God and believe God. And so we see these words. This is the whole lesson. Let's enter. And then he says, so in verse 18, it says this of of Hebrews 3. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? Uh, That's in verse 18, Rochelle. And then, so we see that they were unable to enter because of their unbelief. Now, I want to break these two words apart, these specific words in this verse. It says, to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? Now remember that again, I'm zooming out a notch. The promise to you and me in this book, in this chapter is we have a promise to enter into rest. And it says, don't, be fall, don't fall short of this. The encouragement is, okay? So then, in, now you see the word in here, verse 18. To, to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? The word disobedient there is in Greek is actually the way the word to be impersuadable to those who were impersuadable. It's apathia. It's pathia is to be persuaded to allow yourself to God to persuade you to be apathia is to be impersuadable. It's not to not keep the rules. He's saying. If you refuse to be persuaded. Then in the next verse, it says in verse 19, so we see that they were unable to enter because of their unbelief. Now some scriptures, some of your Bibles may may have that word. They, They sometimes say the word because of your disobedience. But the word is apistia, which is unbelief, as it says here in the ESV. It is counter belief. Belief, faith, pistis, is counter faith. He says so. He says here. So we see they were unable to enter because of unbelief. So in this chapter, it says that they early on in the chapter. And as I said, I wasn't planning on going this way, but it says that that faith. It says that we cannot enter without believing. We can't. We can't enter without faith. The same thing Romans Romans uh, chapter one says. It says that. Faith righteousness, righteousness by faith. It is simply by trusting him that we get these things, not by our works. Okay, so I'm, try, I'm trying my best not to teach on faith righteousness right now because this is, 
This is an important distinction. You see, so if we will allow ourselves to be persuaded and we will not allow counterbelief, our apostia, we get this confused belief system. You have, you have a counter-belief system getting created into you because do you know what you're hearing? Do you know what you're listening to? Listen, I like Z88 for the most part. I like Christian TV sometimes. Why? Because there is, there is so much stuff that, gets, that is not accurate and is not consistent with, with what the finished work of the cross is. If you, are, if you are a believer and you are listening to just anything, if you turn on Z88, listen, some of the music is terrible. And I'm talking about Christian music. S- some of it is wonderful. Some of the, I, I tell you, I, I've mentioned this before. There are some phenomenal church, churches in America. And I'm, I've got nothing against mega churches. I've got a friend that has a mega church. It's got, I've got nothing against mega churches at all. But some mega churches are not preaching the gospel. And I'm not saying that they don't give Jesus. I'm saying in line with what the finished work of the cross is. This, if you are listening to just any old thing that comes over the radio station, if you flip on Christian TV and just watch any old thing because it's Christian TV, if you pick up any old book because it's a Christian author, and you, you, just, you just, oh, well, it's a Christian thing, and you do not know how to filter, you are not guarding your heart. You are creating a belief system that is so intertangled and pulling in so many directions. Just like me, you are unable to pull in, a, in, in one consistent direction because you are hearing different messages. It's no different to if I had Steve standing up here and we tied 14 different ropes, pieces of rope to him and, and we said, okay, everybody pull in a different direction at the same time. Where is Steve going to go? Thank you. Nowhere. If you, have, if you stand here and you have 14 different things pulling from you, you're going to go nowhere. But if I have 14 people in, on Steve on a rope pulling in one direction, Steve's not got a chance. He's just going to be going that one direction. But, you, but Shannon, I'm listening. To, uh, it's a good person. Okay. I, I'm not judging the person. What I'm asking you is, are you judging the message? We're not judging people. Are you judging the message? Because what I found out was when I had this experience that I was telling you about, about here I was in this wonderful church, I was hearing mixed messages. Suddenly now, I was getting a message, oh, this is how grace and faith righteousness works. And but, but if I do this, God will bless me. If I do that, I will lose my bad habits. If I do the next thing, so really that becomes dead works. I end up, which, which Hebrews 6 speaks about, and that I am working for something to try and earn something. 
and, and, and my belief system is confused. I would, I, I wish I could, eat, I, there's no way I could give it a scale, but I would say the majority of believers sitting in churches in America today have got a confused belief system. So the tools that I want to give to you and the challenge I want to give with, to you today is how do you filter, how do you filter out what you're listening to? And, and, and no, I'm not going to say, is it what Shannon says? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that is not the filter. You see, God has given us set things that we can absolutely go to to filter something. But when you're going to listen to something, you're going to, when you've got these beliefs that, that you adopt, that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're in the word of God because they are consistent. Remember I had that, that Hobbesman sphere here. There is a consistent image of God. There is a consistent thing of God that we can take to the bank as it were. And those are the filters we're going to just touch on very quickly. Okay. So the number one filter is this. The names of God. That is the number one test, the, the number one filter from all the Old Testament through the New. What are the names of God? Many of you have got maybe a, a list of the names of God. Maybe you've got a file. You've got all the, and, and we, I have lists of them as well. There are a number of the most well-known covenant names of God, but there are also a whole bunch of them. But God has revealed himself and his character in and through his name. And that is a powerful truth because God can never not be God. And he's revealed himself through his name. Okay, so, but, so let's just talk about his names quickly. Jehovah, give me one. Elohim, Jireh, Rapha, Sadkeno, yes, Shalom. So listen to, listen to what that is. God is our peace, shalom. God is our righteousness, tzedkenu. God is our provider, Jireh. God is our healer, rofer. God is our victory, shama, or ever-present God. Or rohi, he is our shepherd. So understand this about God. When you see and you, and you grasp the fact this is the character of God revealed through his names, no matter who is preaching, if it's Shannon or anybody else, if, if it doesn't line up with these names, if anyone, if God tells you that God made somebody sick, tell me something. How does Jehovah, the God who heals you, literally, Jehovah who heals you, how do you reconcile that? His name is not God who makes you sick. But you know, that's what I heard. Because people have gone so far off the rails that they into circumstance theology. You know what circumstance theology, right? Is if I don't see it my way, and I, then I just look at the circumstances and I come up with my own theology. In other words, if I'm suffering with sickness and I say, oh God, please won't you heal me? And he doesn't do it like this, then oh well, God didn't want me to heal me. Whew. That is not how we deal with God and his character. There's a whole bunch of things that we can study in that, just in that. But I'm just, my point is this. God has revealed himself. God is not the God who makes you sick. Okay, so we're just going to use that one. But, but it's the same. 
Shalom. Is, he, is a, he is the shepherd. Is there ever a time that God is not going to be leading anybody? No. He's always shepherding. He's always guiding. He's always leading to streams of living water. He's always leading, leading you to places of provision. Why? Because he is, that's who he is. Well, he only does it to the, pre, to the believers. No, he doesn't. That's who he is. And I know I'm just rattling all kinds of theology now. God has revealed himself through his names. When you know his character and you go to know him, that will eradicate a whole bunch of crazy theology. Okay. The next one, you've heard me talk about this, the life of Jesus. It says it in Hebrews 1, it says it in Colossians 1, that Jesus is the exact representation of who God is. In other words, if you see Jesus doing it, you see the Father, as he said to Philip. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, there is nothing that you can see in the life of Jesus that isn't a revelation of who God is. It's a sure thing, take it to the bank. So what, are, what about these people that say, well, God is going to... Um, uh, let's think of one. Let's think. Oh, oh why not this one? Um, contemporary example. God's going to wipe out um, New Orleans because of the homosexuality. Do you know how many churches and people stood up and said that? Do you know how many well-known preachers said God is bringing judgment on America? Do you know, do you know that you cannot put the cross and God judging America in the same sentence? That means you have an inconsistent theology. That means that you have, a, you have a confused belief system. Why? Because the gospel clearly preaches that God poured all of his wrath on Jesus. Every sin was paid for in the body of Jesus. How many people do you see Jesus teaching a lesson by making them sick? Or breaking an arm? How many preachers or people have you heard say, God's teaching me a lesson because of sickness? It's interesting, right? There's a lot of theology that says God is teaching me a lesson. God can't teach, God can't use evil to teach you a lesson. And most times people can't even tell you what this thing is God. Where do you see this in the life of Jesus? Where once do you see Jesus making anybody sick? How God anointed, Acts 10.38, Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the evil. You see, so the names of God, the life of Jesus, then there's the finished work of the cross. In other words, we touched on this last week. They're understanding and getting a grasp of what God accomplished, God's report, what he accomplished through the, through the death, the burial, the victory, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus being seated in heavenly places, us being seated with him in heavenly places. All of those things are the new covenant, the new covenant in his blood, the one that we celebrate in communion last week. And, and whenever, you, whenever you eat the bread and drink the blood, the one, the, this finished work, it has to pass through the filter of the finished work. If it doesn't pass through the filter of the finished work, beware. 
It has to be new covenant. That's what the word new covenant means. Listen, new covenant doesn't mean Matthew 1 verse 1. Do you know that new covenant was actually happened after Jesus with death, burial, resurrection, ascension? That is when he was, the new covenant was issued in. Now, does that mean that? We, no, every piece of scripture from Genesis to Revelation is truth. And, and we, we, well, we've got to interpret it carefully. Because as I mentioned last week, and I don't want to go and say the whole thing. If you bounce around like I heard, oh, Genesis, Leviticus, Numbers, Romans, revelation matthew and and things like this like if you don't understand how to read some of this stuff you have people preaching out of job the lord gives and he takes away blessed be the name of the lord and they say that's what god's nope that's recorded in the bible because that's what job said that's not who god is but we haven't even we haven't even grasped how to interpret how to pass these things through so that it, it what it is you, it's it's kind of too funny i'm we need to probably talk about job sometime but you know how many times everybody quotes the beginning parts of job nobody quotes from when god says okay let's fix this stuff and he becomes super sarcastic i think it's hysterical when god says okay let's talk about this and god says where were you when I made this, tell me, you're so smart. Come, let's talk. You're going to face me like a man. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's talk about this. Nobody quotes those chapters of Job. Everybody comes up with those, this other crap. I'm oh, sorry, bad theology. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get better with that. I'm sorry. I really am trying. I don't want to offend you guys. I mean, it's like, but, but it's like, My, my heart hurts because what's happening is that we have Christians that are, in, are, are disempowered from the life of God. They don't even know what it's like to take part in kingdom life. Why? They don't even understand what kingdom life is. Why? Because they just turn on the Z and they listen and they read everything that comes of it. To me, it's like, it's like a child. It's like, when we, like Marley or a baby, my, my kids when they were little. I'm hungry, so I, everything goes in without any discretion. When, when, when Proverbs, when Proverbs write, uh, the book of Proverbs in, in forward and it says, guard your heart above all else. Dude, can you be any more clear than that? Guard your heart above all else. In fact, Psalm 1 is so powerful and I had wanted to go through Psalm 1 in Ephesians and, and you know, just because it's so powerful, it talks about the power of meditating on his word. And, and we, we speak about meditation, and, but, but you see, these are the tools that we, we embrace these things. These are the things that we need to do. We need to sit down with the Holy Spirit, our teacher, and say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me through this. What am I reading here? What am I hearing here? Because I'm telling you guys, there are some really, and, and listen, all preachers, teachers, me included, are not perfect. I hope to hate to pop your bubble. But if you, you can pick out one, your favorite named preacher, preachers or teacher or whatever you want to, they are not perfect. 
but there are established ways of reading scripture of understanding scripture and this is what the body is for this is what people are amongst us that's what mature christians are about that's what life groups are about you're struggling in an area and you go to your life group and you go to a life group leader and say man you know what i read this or i heard this or i whatever or shannon said this to help me i didn't understand that's what a life group is for it's to 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 understand i i, I don't have a closed door policy i i you know i think everything i say is perfect i mean my my, my wife might disagree you know, but, no i mean but seriously though th- this is this is why we need to we need to work out what you believe otherwise if you don't know what you believe what you really believe you can't lay hold of some of these things you don't even know how to believe you don't even know how to pray and so the challenge today Yeah, I, I, I will save some of that for now. My, I guess I, this, is, this is the challenge. You know, again, this filter. Is it in the name of God? Is it in the life of Jesus? Because he is the exact representation of the Father. If you don't see Jesus doing it, God isn't doing it. And then, of course, the finished work of the cross. Those are the biggest ones. Last week, I said we spoke about just the inheritance that we have. And, and, and we said, you know, yeah, I don't even want to go there right now. You ha- God, Jesus has earned us an inheritance. We, as, let me put this this way, sorry, we partake in his inheritance. Everything Jesus earned is ours. I will just say this about Hebrew, uh, Ephesians. I, I, I went through... And when we, when we deal with the devil and we talk about spiritual warfare sometime, and, and it's something we actually have to talk about sometime, but, but I remember back when I was there, the spiritual warfare in Johannesburg, South Africa, we had massive crime rates and everything else. And there were people saying this and people saying that and people saying, we've got to pull down the strongholds. And there were people that were flying around in airplanes to get up there to pull down the strongholds. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and a lot of, at the time, at the time, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, quote-unquote spiritual warfare was, <laughs> was this, this idea of pulling down strongholds, pulling down the devils out of the sky. And until, until you start applying some of these filters, and, and, and it's kind of silly how it happens, but they take a little bit of Daniel 12, and then they throw in a little bit of Second Corinthians chapter 10, which has got everything to do with what your belief system is and what's in your mind. It's got nothing to do with the devil. And then they add a little bit of Ephesians 6. And then they shake it all up and they come up with this theology. But they ignore Ephesians 1 through 5. And you come up with this belief system that does this stuff, pulls de- devils out of the sky. Do you know? Okay. Where in the New Testament do you see Jesus pulling demons out of the sky? Where in the whole New Testament do you see anybody pulling demons out of the sky? But we did it. Maybe, maybe some of you were like me. I was doing it because I was taught that if we did this, except that never did anything. You can't pull a demon out of the sky. Where is he? On 
how high, at what altitude. And then you're going to pull him down to where exactly? You're going to pull him down from 6,000 feet to 1,000 feet? 50 feet? Into your backyard? Into your living room? Where, 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 where are you going to pull him down from? But, if he, but, but then, if you just say, hold on a second, it's not even in the New Testament. We don't see Jesus. We, get, we know where the New Testament is even being taught. Then you read Ephesians chapter 1 through 5, and it says that we have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. He is seated. I'm seated. So spiritually speaking, you and I as believers are seated with him in heavenly places. So who is above us? You know, in any case, sorry. I had, to, I, had to go, I had to go there and spoil it, didn't I? No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that we, we, we have adopted belief systems and stuff that are not taught because we don't know how to filter what we hear. And because somebody that we admire or has thousands of people in their church or is on TV says something, we say, ah, oh, cool, I'll believe that. But we ignore the names of God. We ignore the life of Jesus. We don't see it in the New Testament. We, we, we don't even read the Bible for ourselves. All of these things. Brothers and sisters, the family of God is here for you. We have people. We have, we have, a, we have a collective of, of the synergistic. We have the synergistic power of a body together. You know what I mean by synergism, right? The sum of the parts are greater than the, par the parts if you just add them together. That's the power of synergism. That's the power of a body. That's the power of a church that's in community. Is it to come to church and sit in the pew on a Sunday? No, 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 no. It's to be in relationship with one another, to have relationship, to be able to connect and to, to, to be have, have a place to ask questions and, and, and have a place to work these through, through in a safe environment. Amen. So those are filters the congruence is such a powerful, a such a powerful thing that I want you to leave you with. Will you, will you filter what you're hearing, what you're watching, what you're reading? And even, yes, even the music. Just because it's done by a great band or a great worship team, there are some filters. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He has come to teach us. He lives in us. But I tell you what, if you do not rely on him, if you do not willing go to, to do something, go back to some of these things, you can't guard your heart. Amen. I believe that this is such an important time for us because the body of Christ, God has called us to be effective in the world. He's called you to be effective in the world. He's called you to understand. And, and, and listen, you should be enjoying a life of freedom and abundance. Galatians says, it is for freedom that I have set you free. Freedom doesn't mean you can live like the devil. But it is for freedom. You have been set free. Amen. Let's pray. F Father, we thank you. We thank you for your life. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you reveal truth to us in such a powerful way. And Lord, we lay hold of that. We determine right now. And if you agree with that, I, 
I, w- I want to ask you do, you, do you agree with that? Will you say to Jesus right now, say, Lord, I will put a filter. I will allow that filter on my ears and my heart and my eyes. Many of you have been a believer for a long time, and that's okay. It doesn't matter how, how long you've been in Christ or how short you've been in, in, in the Lord. We're all in a place where we can learn. So Lord, I want to I have um, a consistency, a congruency in my belief system. And Holy Spirit, I pray in the name of Jesus that, that as we yield to you, you are going to show us inconsistencies. The determination I want to ask you and even challenge you with is this, is will, will you allow yourself to be taught by the Holy Spirit? Will you say, I will yield to your teaching, Holy Spirit? Because if you will, I'm telling you, grace is there to flow in your life. There is not one promise of God that is not yours. So often, it's because our belief system has got these things in it that's causing us to separate ourselves from the promises of God. It's not God that's holding out on you. Let me tell you that. I'm gonna say it again. God is not holding out on you. There there is nothing So let him reveal to you, if you will dare, (laughs) the pleasure of walking in light and truth. But it might mean that there are some old, well-established things that have got nothing to do with New Testament theology and some of these filters. What are we listening to? What are we watching? What are we reading? Holy Spirit, we surrender this to you Thank you, Lord, for leading us in this. And if, you're, if you're here this morning and you, have, you don't know Jesus, then please, you've never met him. I want, you to, I want to tell you that he loves you unconditionally. He loves every one of us unconditionally. doesn't matter how much baggage you brought to the table. doesn't matter how much sin you've carried with you. It doesn't matter. He loves you and he's for you. If that is you and you want to, you want to, you just, all, and you want Jesus in your life, all you need to say is Jesus, and call out with your heart. You just say, Jesus, I need you. You're, you're, the, you're the missing link. You're, you're, you're my salvation. And I'm telling you, he will meet you right there. And then I'm going to encourage you as we close the service to come and speak to some of our, our prayer team up here, or one of our prayer members, our prayer team members. And then remember, as always, there's something that you need prayer with. I, we have got such awesomely trained prayer ministers. You're struggling in an area or you want agreement in an area or you are experiencing lack in an area. I'm telling you, the, our, our prayer team members know how to hear God and work with you and they will do that. And if you're online, just text the word prayer to our 352-441-3016 and, and one of our prayer team members will contact you before long. But it's, the ball is in your court. I can promise you, yours and mine, there is nothing, I'm going to say it again, I just feel that it has to strike home to somebody here. There is nothing that God is holding out on you. There is no provision. 
if you're experiencing lack if in an emotional sense, financial sense, healing sense, it doesn't matter where it is. I'm telling you that is not from God, but if you will hear what he is saying to you, you can unplug what has been plugging. And it's, it's often, so often, it is beliefs. It is a belief. It is a belief. God wants you to enter in his rest. We can fail to enter into the rest of God. We can fail because of our unbelief, our, our unwillingness to be persuaded. Amen. Amen. So Lord, we just commit that to you. Lord, I just declare wholeness in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your wholeness. Father, those people watching or here, if there's pain, we just, we just in, in their body right now, we speak to pain. Some people are experiencing financial loss. Lord, we just speak to that too. Be whole, be made, be filled. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We yield to that. We yield to that. Amen. Amen. This morning, if that's you, as we, um, as, as we uh, close the service, please don't um, just leave if... if Lord's touched your heart something I want to challenge you write something down or come and see and especially come and see one of our prayer ministers here they would they would absolutely love to pray with you that's their gifting amen amen well T is there something else that I need to, oh I do want to mes- mention this in passing besides that we have a um, we are going to have a Christmas Eve service we I don't know if we've published it anywhere yet but um, it's Friday so that's less than a month away from Christmas now so um, we, it's going to be an evening family service at five o'clock to six o'clock. It will just be a quick service. So that means kids will be here. We will, um, we will, we will have that on um, that Friday of Christmas, Christmas Eve. I don't know if there's something. I know that the Festival of Tables is coming up. I don't know if there's any announcements. Yes, you. Oh, okay, yes, thank you. The Festival of Tables will be held here for the ladies that were at Patty's. Um, place last year this will it will be here at this venue and I, I don't even know the dates it's coming up soon though Sa- this coming Saturday well there you go Saturday thank you be registered Debbie says be registered online <laughs> anything else Jen are we good hey guys we love you I, I want to let you know thank you for being here you are light and salt amen God has called us for a powerful time you're alive as this time you are alive at this time and you're not a, you're not an innocent bystander or just let me put it as a bystander you're called to be a problem solver in the kingdom amen we love you guys have a great week we will have we will have a